When their first child was born dead, Odysseus and Penelope grieved, and Ithaca and the Cephalonian nations grieved with them. When their second child was stillborn also, Odysseus's father told him to get a new wife. Go back to your farm, old man, said Odysseus, and went off to bury the dead baby. After the third child took a few breaths and died, an assembly of Ithacan nobles came to Odysseus. Eupiathes spoke for the group with his fair-haired son Alcinos standing at his side. He begged Odysseus to marry again. We know how you love Penelope, and so do we all love her and honor her for her many talents. But if you have no heir, the lands conquered by your grandfather, Archisius, may break away, and we will be thrown back to live on our farms and flocks and the rocky soil of Ithaca. What a dreadful thing that would be! It would certainly be bad for Eupiathes, Odysseus knew. His lands, though large, wouldn't support a decent-sized herd of goats. Eupiathes was rich because he took money from the wealthy men of Cephalonia, promising to plead their cases with the king of Ithaca. Odysseus knew better than Eupiathes how much treasure and blood it had taken to conquer the Cephalonian lands, and how much it still took to maintain Ithaca's rule there. He would have traded Ithacan rule over the Cephalonians for a decent plow. He was not about to throw Penelope aside for Eupiathes' benefit. But Eupiathes was rich, and the Ithacan nobles with him were important in more important ways. So Odysseus told them he would think about it, and didn't. Instead, he went to play with his new puppy. Argus, he said reflectively to the puppy, who was his closest confidant apart from Penelope, if I were as good at siring children as I am at raising dogs, this house would be full of children. Herds of babies would darken the narrow plains of Ithaca, devouring all nursing mothers in their path. Argus's dark, clear eyes took on the tragic look of confusion they always wore when Odysseus said any sentence longer than sit or seek or let's eat. Never mind, fat boy, Odysseus said kindly. The epithet was merely descriptive. At this point in his career, Argus resembled an overstuffed sausage with floppy ears and four alarmingly large feet. Let's eat. Relieved of his responsibilities as a state counselor, Argus ran frantically to the kitchen, barking happily. Odysseus beat him there, but only by a hair. The puppy's legs were getting longer. Odysseus thought he'd be a good hunting dog. Keep that animal out of my kitchen, shrieked Eurycleia, as she did two or three times a day.